we're going to begin as we have in uh, this study uh, by reading Psalms 23 and then uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. And so Psalms 23 is our opening text as we continue to look at the subject matter, freedom from stress. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be discussing specifically, what are you thinking? Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then we look into Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, as uh, Jesus is giving us a grand invitation. We'll begin in the 28th verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, for you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, We have defined stress in a very simple way. It can be understood as the feeling of being overwhelmed, burdened, worried, or anxious. And this can be due to any outward appearances or just our own pragmatic, practical thinking uh, can can get us all worked up and uh, cause our blood pressure to go up, cause us to sort of uh, not be ourself. And uh, so here's some key thoughts from the first two studies. All healthy change begins with awareness. And one of the things that we can do is we can pray daily for our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and a heart to receive from God. So awareness is where really everything that's good and godly and healthy begins to be changed in our life. If I'm unaware of something, I need to be aware of it before I can do anything about it. And we have to be open in order to be aware. We can't have a closed heart or a closed mind. Uh, We just can't dig our heels in like an old Missouri mule and experience awareness. We all have blind what? Spots. We all see things sometimes the way we want to see them, but that doesn't mean that's the way it really is. That's just the way we see it. And when we invite others to come into our life and to converse with us and to share with us, we begin to see things, if we're open and receptive to it, that we've never seen before. I heard one man say, if you really want to know how other people hear you, just strap a tape recorder around your neck and walk around all day with it, saying, play and record. At the end of the day, listen, and you'll begin to understand. Sometimes the way we think that we're communicating or our perception of how we are interacting is different than those that are experiencing our interactions. Can I get an oh my? Oh my. (laughs) All of us have, have been there. So there's no guilt, there's no shame, no condemnation. But really, we're going to be much healthier and much better when we begin to be aware of something because it leads to the next step, and that is... If we're aware of something, we begin to acknowledge it or admit it. And from there, wow, really good things begin to happen in our life. We're never sad that we were humble 
or sometimes even humbled, but it's always beneficial for us. The second key thought is we become what we behold. In order to experience freedom from stress, we must look at life through the eye of faith. We have a natural eye and it gives us a lot of information that we rely on and we can trust in. And thank God for what the natural eye can see. But through the eye of faith, we can see things that the natural eye can never perceive or understand. So we need to just be aware that we walk by faith and not by sight. The, the word sight there could be also transposed or translated senses. For we walk by faith in God, not by our, our senses. So we trust in him. So tonight we're going to continue to study on how to live free from stress by examining what God's word has to share about how we think, how we think. I think that's a big component, don't you? I want to uh, dive into Philippians chapter 4 here in a moment because I do want to have some time for discussion. But there's three other texts that are mentioned in your notes. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. Most people are familiar with Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where it talks about not being conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Why? So you and I can prove out the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. If you continue to read on, though, into that text, what is he talking about? He's talking about having our mind renewed to what? How we should think about the body of Christ. You have to have your mind renewed to think properly about your brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's many different members in the body of Christ, but we're all part of the same body. And when in this particular setting in Romans chapter 5, specifically he's saying you need to allow God to change your thinking on your brothers and sisters in Christ. Have you ever had the Lord convict you about how you thought or interacted or behaved with another Christian? We all have. And so that's really the setting in which he's asking us to be conformed so we can prove out the will of God. Conform to the will of God. Now, secondly, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul is asking us to think like a servant, and he uses Jesus as the example. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And then he went on and explained that though he was the Son of God, he humbled himself and took upon himself the cloak of a servant, and he served us. And because he served us, God has given him a name that's above every name. So we need to maybe have our mind renewed or we need to think differently that we are servants and the servants are the greatest in the kingdom of God. Everyone enjoys being served. We love going to a restaurant and, and having someone come wait on us. And what a pleasure that is. We don't have to do dishes uh, you know, uh, didn't have to go grocery shopping, uh, didn't have to prep the meal. We just get to just pick number six on the menu and voila, 15 minutes is going to show up right in front of us. And we can just leave a few of our hard-earned dollars and walk out the door and we don't have to do anything other than enjoy being served. But that's the hardest working people are the servants. No one worked harder than Jesus. And no one had more demands on his time and his life than Jesus. And yet he found time to serve people day in and day out. Let that mind be in you. Do you think like that? 
Do you think sometimes it'd be nice for someone to come and rub my feet and feed me grapes or just do what the things that I enjoy? Absolutely, those thoughts come to all of us. And those aren't horrible or sinful or evil thoughts. But there's other thoughts that are more lofty. Whose feet can I rub and, and who can I bless and who can I help? And I do believe that if we sow good seed, we'll reap a harvest of good seed. So if you're a good uh, person along those lines, uh, people will line up to give you a back rub. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, what is that specifically talking about when it comes to how we think? He's asking us to think like the new man in Christ. It's a wonderful portion of scripture where he's asking us to put off the mind of the flesh and then in verse 32 he said let this mind or allow this mind to be in you be renewed in the spirit of your mind is how the old king james says it that you're a new man you're a new creature you're a new woman in christ so put on the new man think like a new man think like a new creature think like a believer So in these three illustrations, there's very specific instruction on how we're to think. Think properly about the body of Christ. Think of yourself as a servant and as others as an opportunity to bless and to help and support in this life of faith. That's what Christianity is all about. And then also think like a Christian. Think like a Christian. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and thank God that you are a new creature in Christ and make that something that you think about. So Philippians chapter 4, we're ready to dive into this wonderful portion of Scripture. There's a lot in here. Uh, And verse 6 reads, be anxious for nothing. So we're talking about freedom from stress. So we would say, don't stress out about anything. Well, that's great advice and, 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 and most people appreciate the the counsel, the comfort that those words bring, but those words don't really carry a lot of merit unless you tell me how not to stress. I mean, you can tell somebody, you know, hey, just take it easy, but you better tell them or be able to teach them how to take it easy. Some people just don't know how to take it easy. And so he, he's, he's giving us these words of instruction. He said, I, I don't want you to be anxious about anything. And then he tells us something. Well, if I'm not going to be anxious or I'm not going to stress out about anything, what I'm going to do? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what is he saying is that The things that are causing you to be anxious or stressful should be the first things that are on your prayer list. So some people say, well, I just don't know what to pray about. Have you got anything that you're concerned about? Anything that's caused you to be anxious or upset or uptight? Well, then those are the things that you can add to your prayer list. And then the promise is what? The peace of God, which passes understanding, will manifest or show up and it will protect or guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any uh, virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate or think about these things. So here's the question. What are you thinking? We would 
probably be able to, uh, you know, look at this uh, real clearly by just saying, you know, do you see the problem or do you see the opportunity? Is the glass half full? Is it half empty? Uh, do you, you see an impossibility or do you see God intervening and the possibility of God receiving the glory? One illustration, and we'll look at these seven things that the Lord wants us to think about or ways in which he wants us to help, help us to learn how to think. Um, of course, whenever there's a loss in anyone's life, in any family, it, it can be a stressful situation. Um, <clears throat> things happen so, so quickly, and it, it, was, it, it was no different in the days of Christ when he was here. And so Lazarus passed away, and Mary and Martha uh, obviously um, are overwhelmed. It's a very emotional time for them. And uh, Jesus shows up, you know, according to their thinking and their expectations, since we talked about last week, he was just, he was late. He should have been there earlier. The whole thing could have been prevented. Now he shows up and it's just, it's, it's too, it's, it's impossible. He's, uh, and Jesus sees uh, and perceives and has compassion on them. He's, he understands, you know, the pain that they're experiencing. The loss is significant. Uh, and he doesn't uh, in any way, you know, minimize that. But he was doing the Father's will. He was about doing what the Father had asked him to do. And he got there, I believe, as quickly as he, as he could, based on the other things that he was required to do by the Father. So he wasn't, he wasn't just delaying his arrival so he could prove how powerful he was. And Jesus didn't have that kind of ego. He had the mind of a servant. His mind was he probably wished he could have got there earlier, but there were other things that he had to do that he was responsible for. But he got there. But he felt the tension in the room. The stress was palatable. And he, and he felt the sharpness of, and the sting of their words. And then he said, show me where he is. And then we know what happened. The story continues and they said, you know, it's too late. By now, I mean, he started to decay. He's, he's just been in there too long and the, the things are just past, past anything happening. And uh, he asked them to believe and that they would see the glory of God. The way that they were thinking was it's impossible. The way Jesus was thinking is it sure is going to be fun to see how the Father does this. The president of the Bible school that I went to used this statement when he talked about challenging or difficult times and Kate you can help me to uh, finish the statement marvelous opportunities. opportunities I've passed up marvelous opportunities to stress out to worry to be fretful to lose sleep marvelous opportunities I passed them up because I knew God was bigger than the mountain I was facing. Now, how do you think, how big is your God? 
How big is he? Some people's thinking he's he's really large, and other people's thinking he's he's not. They're just not there yet. But we don't judge or critique those people. We just come beside them and support them and help them and begin to encourage them to what? Let's magnify the Lord together. I know this may seem to be overwhelming. It may seem to be impossible. But can I come and join my faith with you and together? Can we partner to see God do something wonderful? If one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Alone, you may feel like this cannot happen. But can I come and say yes and amen to the promise that you need to happen in your life? I believe the answer is yes. So let's finish by looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. There's seven things that the Lord asks us to meditate or to think on. One Bible scholar said, if it doesn't meet all seven of these criteria, don't consider it. So it's not just if it's true, if it's true and noble, just pure, lovely, good report, virtuous and praiseworthy. So put it through the filter of these words. Think on these things. So let me illustrate. Something could be true, but not lovely. So are you supposed to think about that? I'll go a little farther. It's true. Our nation is trillions of dollars in debt. That's not a very lovely thought. It's true there's a lot of concerns about the welfare and the strength of our nation, morally or spiritually. But that's not a very lovely thought. So if we start considering what we're thinking We need to think about what we're thinking and we filter it through. Is it true? Okay. Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it a good report? Is it virtuous? Is it praiseworthy? I want to close with this because I think it. We're at this point. Someone say, well, you know, if people just started thinking like that, how would anyone ever begin to identify problems? I mean, don't you need to be able to say something isn't lovely, isn't good, isn't virtuous, isn't praiseworthy? Yeah, I don't think the apostle is saying, let's not be naive to what's going on in the world. But we're not going to change any of the negatives by being negative. You may see something that isn't lovely, isn't just, isn't praiseworthy, and isn't virtuous. But that doesn't mean I have to think about it to the point that it gets me stressed out. Guys, 
I know you're upset, all the Kansas City Chiefs fans in here, I know you're upset about someone being offside, but he was offsides. And if there was a role reversal, but isn't it amazing how stressed out people get? About men that make millions of dollars that you'll never have a relationship with, but somehow the blood pressure rises. I know every Iowa and Iowa State fan in here bleeds gold and black or crimson and gold, but don't let it stress you out. I know the price of milk is going up. and I know the housing market is tight. I'm not naive to any of these things, but let me give you something to consider. God still supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. No matter what the economy looks like, God's been faithful. If I sow seed, he said, I would reap a harvest. He would take care of me. He would give to a giver. He would supply seed to a sower. In regards to things that are outside of our domain or our control, well, don't let them get you worked up. So we're not asked to be ignorant unenlightened, unaware, or naive. We're asked, don't let these things rob you of the quality of life that Jesus came to give you. Marvelous opportunities to see God intervene. When things aren't the way that we believe God would want them to be, marvelous opportunities for us to apply our faith. Marvelous opportunities to see God glorified. So how do you think? How are you thinking? I know this is a challenge for each and every one of us because there's uh, X amount of, of thoughts that run through our mind every day. It's almost in the thousands. It's, it's more than what we think it is. No pun intended. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.